Okay, so last week we spoke about the Pasuk of Baruch Shem Kavod Machuto Le'olam Ba'ed. We spoke about its origin and the various versions and different Midrashim about who might have first composed it, first said it. We saw the Midrashim about Yaakov Avinu and the Shvatim, about Moshe Rabbeinu going to Shemayim, the significance of this uh, praise, and how it's a, a special type of of Shvach, which corresponds directly with Shema Yisrael. And this week we're continuing in the Shema with the section of Ve'ahavta, Tashem Alokecha. This is the first paragraph of the Shema that we're required to say Midoraita. There's uh, three paragraphs after the sentence of Shema Yisrael, Shema Ken Shema that we read every day. And this is the first of those three. Um, again, we're not going to do this in a manner of a shir and chumash. We're going to try to do it more on a, a shi, on a, from an angle of machshava because we don't really have the the time to dissect every pasuk according to all the rishonim um, in the chumash who have a pirush on the chumash to how they understood the pasukim. Now, the sheer amount of Torah on Shema is beyond what we can cover tonight. Um, the mukubalim also on on the sidur pages and pages and pages, just as the hakdama to Shema Yisrael. But we're going to try to start basic and we'll, we'll work through the, the major concepts of this paragraph. So the first thing we have to realize is that we just left with Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Achad is the pasuk, the prototypical pasuk of Kabbalat Ol Malchut Shemaim. And so directly flowing from accepting the yoke of heaven upon ourselves is the performance of the mitzvot learning the Torah and guarding the mitzvot and watching and doing them and not and uh, and refraining from sin a direct flow from accepting Hashem's yoke is doing what he says to do and that comes in the paragraph now there's ten mitzvot in this paragraph the first is Kabbalat Olmachut Shemayim secondly we have Yichud third we have Avat Hashem fourth well, I could just uh, even uh, list them. Shema Yisrael is Kabbalat al-Machut Shemaim. Hashem Echad is Yichud. V'yahavta is Ahavat Hashem. V'dibarta Bam is Torah. V'shinatam Levanecha is teaching to your sons. The sixth and the seventh mitzvah would be Kriyat Shema in the morning and then the night. The eighth and the ninth would be Tefillin Shal Yad and Tefillin Shal Rosh. And the tenth would be Mezuzah. These are the ten mitzvot according to the Abu Durham, which are listed in the... Uh, in the first paragraph of Shema, not, not everybody agrees with his method of counting, but regardless, we see here that there are a lot of mitzvot in this single um, paragraph. Now, the Gemaran Brachot, Dafyu Gimel Amabit, says that the kavana, the obligation for Yichud, right, the kavana that we have to have uh, to be miyached shem shemaim, Ends with Shema Yisrael Hashem Alkeinu Shem Echad. That's how we we were prosek lahalacha. When you finish the words Echad, then you say Baruch Shem Kol Machudol Lomed. That's the end of the Yehud section, and that's the part which you have to have real kavana for. After that, it's not Ma'akev. L'chatchila, you need kavana, but the Eved it's not Ma'akev. Some one of the Tanaim or Bialiyazer he holds that the 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 Chiyuv kavana extends until the words Alat Levavecha, um, and that is because he believes that. The first two sentences, the first two pesukim of Shema, contain the core um, ideas which flow of the core ideas of Ahavat, love Hashem with all your might, 
and to remember these words, those are the core ideas of the Yichud Hashem, that we accept Hashem's yoke on ourselves, and then from that we um, meditate on that Kabbalat all and his Yichud, and we glean from that and we evoke from that a love for Hashem, Ava for Hashem, with all our hearts, with all our souls, and with all our possessions. So there's also a set of kavanot, just a, on the point of, kava, of kavanah, that you'll find in some of the fancier sidurim. They will write by each one of the, basically the Yerushalmi in, in Parak Aleph Halacha He, where Bilevi says that the ten asarat hadibrot correspond to, uh, are, are hinted to within Kriyat Shema. And Anochi Hashem Elokecha, Shema Yisrael Shem Akin Hashem Echad, then you have Hashem Echad is uh, Elohim Acherim. And then the next, uh, if I remember correctly, Ve'ahavta is Lotisa Hashem Hashem Lashav. Each one is Mrumaz. And you'll see in the fancy Sudarim they put in like a light font the Kavanah you're supposed to have um, for each one of the Aser Tadibrot in Kriyat Shema. The, the Mikubalim do say that that's a very basic Kavanah. This is why a lot of the Sidurim put it inside. Um, for more, if you look in the, in the, in the, in the Od Yosef Chai from the Benish Chai, he, ha, he basically has a section where he laments that today there's nobody left who could even have the more complex uh, Kavanot that we're supposed to have during Kriyat Shema, so people should at least have these basic Kavanot, and he goes on to list a whole bunch of Kabbalistic Kavanot there and in Benish Chai, Parashat Ve'era, and uh, it's remarkable what he considered were basic kavanot, like the visualizations of the letters and all sorts of shemot uh, shel Hashem. So um, those are the uh, the kavanot which run through uh, the 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 paragraph here. We're generally it's a little bit out of scope to discuss all of those kavanot, but the uh, the only kavanah that we see in this paragraph is v'yahavtat Hashem. Uh, the, the remez that the Yushami says is that no one who loves Hashem would say his name in vain, and therefore that's a remez to Lotisa Hashem Hashem Lashav. Okay, so the first mitzvah in this paragraph is Ve'ahavta et Hashem Lokechan, and you shall love Hashem your God. Now, the obvious question arises, and that is how could one be instructed? How could one have a mitzvah to love Hashem? An emotion is something that you either feel or you don't. You can't say, uh, love me, uh, fear me. This is not something that you could command other people to do for you. So most of the Mepharshim respond that the simple understanding of the Pasuk is that we are required not to automatically love Hashem, but we are required to work on our love for Hashem, that we are required to meditate on Hashem's greatness or on Hashem's creation or on how much love Hashem does, how much Hashem loves us, and by doing that, we can come to love Hashem. One is expected to use to meditate, and then use their intellectual capacity to influence downward on their emotional capacity. That's the the structure most of the uh, the Hasidim give. Now, I wanted to go through the mitzvah avat Hashem in the Rambam and in the Chinuch, and to highlight the differences between how the Rambam categorizes um, Ahavat Hashem and how the Chinuch does, and they're very similar. So the Rambam in Sefer Mitzvot, Mitzvah Gimel, says, the third mitzvah is, that he commanded us to love, his, to, uh, to love him, says the Rambam, and he paskins according to the Sifri, that the 
the ikar chiyuv daraita that one has to meditate, the, the meditations that one that one is required in order to come to love Hashem is the Ramam holds that the, the, the primary intellectual meditations one has to have are limud Torah and studying the mitzvot. Those mitzvot and doing the Torah, learning the Torah, is the first step towards reaching Avat Hashem. Because the Pasuk says, I wouldn't know how to love Hashem. What's the proper way? The Pesukim continue with the words that these words of the Torah that we're going to speak of, these words are going to bring you to this love. This is how you are going to recognize and become familiar with the Borei Olam. By learning Torah, we become closer to Hashem, so to speak. We can attach our intellect to Hashem and we can spiritually attach ourselves more to Hashem. And the Ramam gives a mashal. He says, Thus we have explained that through contemplation, um, one can reach the, the required benefit and then uh, grasp a bit of Hashem's existence. Now the Ramam says something which is very surprising here, uh, at least to most people who have never learned this Rambam before, and that is that the Rambam holds that the mitzvah of Kiruv, of Kiruv Yerchokim, is a mitzvah midoraita, which is part of the sub, is a subcategory of Ahavat Hashem. Why? Because the Rambam says, if you truly loved Hashem, that love should be so intense that you would want to share it with others. And if one would think about doing Kiruv on the outset, the first reaction would be, yeah, it's a mitzvah, but maybe it's a mitzvah because of Kol Yisrael Revim Arvut, right? Or it would be a mitzvah because of Avtal Kamocha, or it could be a mitzvah because of Ochiach Techiach Amitecha. There could be a, a, a myriad of reasons, yeah, a myriad of reasons why one could uh, believe that Kiruv Yechokim or Kiruv Kiruvim is a mitzvah. The Rambam categorizes it as a mitzvah Tasei from these Pesukim. How does he know it? He learns it from the Sifri, which basically says it outright, and he's going to quote it in a moment. And he learns that the Sifri is Lahalacha, not Lahagada, not, not Agada. So let's read a little further. He says, When a person truly loves him, he will, he will speak of his greatness and with his praises. And he will call others to love Hashem as well. He will also extend the, the truth that he's aware of to um, convince those who are kofrim and those who are simple simpletons to believe in Hashem. The Lashon Sifri, what does it say in the Sifri, says the Ramam? Make him loved among the creations, meaning uh, other other people of mankind. Like Avraham, your father, and the souls which he made in Haran. Avraham, 
because Avraham was an Ohev, he was a Baal Chesed, and he loved Hashem, Avraham Ohavi, the Pasuk says that Hashem, that Avraham loved Hashem, for because of this love that Avraham Avinu had for Hashem, he called upon others to love Hashem as well. So too that we should love Hashem until it spills forth from us this passion that we want to share it with others. And this is something I've actually heard from some Balei Tshuva that, that early in, when they, earlier in their career, so to speak, when they became Balei Tshuva, they felt this. They felt like this was something so amazing and revolutionary that they had found that they wanted to share it with others. They also wanted to go out and do Kiruv. Now, the Chinuch says similar to the Rambam. The Sefer Chinuch very much borrows from the Rambam very often, but he puts things in a slightly different order. First of all, the Chinuch is posek, that the primary method that one should, primary meditative method that a person should use to reach Abat Hashem is contemplating Hashem's creation and the greatness of the universe and the greatness of Hashem's works. And this is something that actually the Rambam himself says in Hilchot Yisodea Torah Perek Bet. The Rambam over there also says that the the uh, the way to reach Avat Hashem is through uh, meditation of Hashem's creations. Some believe that this is a stiran. The Rambam is a contradiction. Other people reconcile it. But that's how the Chinuch goes. He says the primary method to reach Avat Hashem is to meditate on the greatness of Hashem's works and the greatness of Hashem's creation and universe. Uh, so let's just see the Rambam. Both in his laws and in his in, in his uh, his works. Until we can uh, grasp to the to the ultimate uh, degree of our, our ability to comprehend Hashem's. Um, providence on us. And he brings the Sifri that the Rambam brought, which is that we should, uh, well, one of the Sifris. That if a person learns Torah, the Ahava is going to come into his heart. Automatically, or behechrech means against his will. And they also said over there that this love obligates a person by its nature to um, makes a person feel obligated to bring others to love Hashem as well and to serve Him. As we saw with Avraham Avinu. Then he goes on a little bit, and he says that. Let me just read a little further here. And then he, he qualifies the mitzvah. He says, how should one do it? He says, a person is responsible to have these thoughts among him, with him all day. And he says that a person, uh, this is this uh, mitzvah is also relevant both to men and to women. And there's also, you could also be over v'shev ba'al if you do not. He qualifies, a little, qualifies it a little bit more. Now... That's so much for the Chinuch, very similar to the Rambam, but a slight, little bit in the in, in the reverse because he doesn't put the meditation first. He puts the uh, he doesn't put the uh, meditation of Torah first. The Rambam doesn't put the meditation of 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 creation first, while the Chinuch does. Now, let's see. I'm sorry, one second. Okay, so we mentioned earlier also that, and this was in. Um, 
what's the word, in a previous shurim when we spoke about Avat Olam, right? So we spoke about how, why Avat Olam was important to say before Shema Yisrael. And the reasons we said was because the Torah doesn't want us to start loving Hashem with a self-generated love. You can't just wake up one morning and say, I want to feel like I love Hashem. And the Torah can neither command you automatically to love Hashem. The Torah can't say, here, feel this emotion, feel this emotion towards Hashem. There's always going to be hardships or um, different problems that we have in our minds which are going to be obstructions for us feeling loved by Hashem or for us feeling loved towards Hashem. And therefore, this scheme, the, the uh, methodology or technique that Chazal instructed us was to first meditate on how Hashem loves us and then to reciprocally feel that love. And that's why we begin with Avat Olam and we think about all the ways Hashem singled us out among the nations and, and all the various ways Hashem loves us and then we could feel that love back. Generally, from a human perspective, when we think about our love and how we love other people, that kind of love doesn't easily port over to a love of Hashem, right? If we could think about how we love our mother, our sons, our, our children, our, um, you could think about how you live, how you love uh, your, your hobbies. You could think about all sorts of different ways in which we actually feel love in the human realm. It's difficult to immediately, um, what's the word, transfer those kinds of emotions towards Hashem. And it's useful for people who have trouble with that to sit down and make a list, make a list of the things that they're grateful for. The, in the Chavot HaLevavot, in the Hakdamat Gimel, he says that the core theology behind Avodat Hashem, the reason we serve Hashem, is out of gratitude, is out of Hakarat HaTov, because of Hashem, because of how Hashem created the universe, and He gave us life, and He gave us all the various uh, things we need to live and experience our life, experience our life with joy, when one meditates on all that, he realizes that he has a tremendous responsibility to serve Hashem. So in order to reach that level of gratitude, we have to think about all the things that Hashem has done for us. Some people would have trouble with this if they don't write a list, because you have to actually, sometimes you have to sit down and think about all the things you're grateful for. It could be that you were never hit by a bus. It could be that, that you were lucky to have a good education. It could be that you're lucky to be healthy. All sorts of different things that we take for granted every day, but if we thought about them, we can actually uh, work on this ability to love Hashem back. Now, another interpretation of Ve'ahavta is that Ve'ahavta grammatically is uh, a vav ha'epoch, right? It's, uh, it turns something which is a past tense, ahavta, to the future tense. So this word could be interpreted two ways, either and you shall love as a command or and you will love Hashem. So some interpret Ve'ahavta as a promise, that if you work on Shema Yisrael Hashem Okeinu Hashem Echad, if you work on Kabbalat Olmachut Shemaim, and you work on Yehud Hashem, it's, um, it's guaranteed that you're going to come to love Hashem. In other words, that Ahava is almost like a gift. That Ahava is a, something which, although you could work really hard for it, sometimes you could only receive it as a gift. This might be a remez to something as we spoke about earlier, Ahava Ila'a. Ahava Ila'a is something which you can't reach automatically. It's a level of Ahava that uh, you could only receive as a gift. So now the Lashon here um, in Shema was that originally it said, Moshe Rabbeinu told us, Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu, our God. And then in the next sentence he switches and he says, Ve'aftat Hashem Elokecha, your God. So the Ramban in Chumash, he points this out. And in a section which he doesn't really say is Al-Divrei Ha'emet, but it is Al-Divrei Ha'emet, which is Al-Piyah Kabbalah, he explains why um, Moshe Rabbeinu switched 
from Elokeinu Telokecha, and he says that in general, in Sefer Dvarim, for certain Kabbalistic reasons, Moshe Rabbeinu always refers to Bnei Yisrael as Elokecha, your God. But in this situation, and I believe the language is, is that because Moshe Rabbeinu is from Tiferet, and, uh, and for some reason he was speaking to Bnei Yisrael, and he says that when it came to Shema Yisrael Shem Kenu Shem Echad, he was trying to be kolel himself, he was trying to include himself in this Yehud, which is Yehud of Malchut, Therefore, he said Elokeinu, our God, but it's the only place in Dvarim he would say Elokeinu, our God, because he was trying to be kolel himself, he was trying to include himself in this form of Yehud that was happening with Shema Yisrael Shema Kenu That's what the Ramban uh, says in, uh, in Chumash. So it's, if anyone ever notices that, that there's a difference between Elokeinu and Elokecha, just note that the Ramban deals with this. Okay, so we have three levels here. We say, V'chol levavacha, V'chol nafshecha, V'chol maodecha. So, let me see. Okay, I'm going to do this a little bit out of order. V'chol nafshecha, is the, the Midrash says, Afilu notelet nafshecha, even if Hashem would take your soul. This is the commandment to give up one's life for Hashem if necessary. We know that there's gimel chamurot, there's ritzicha, giloi arayot, and avodah zarah, three chamurot for which one is commanded to give up one's life for Hashem. Now, because we're in Kriyat Shema, these are not commandments which were given to us out of fear. They are commandments which we are expected to perform out of love. Not that because we fear Hashem's punishment if we would kill someone, or we fear Hashem's punishment if we do have a It's supposed to be that we would never serve an idol because of how much we love Hashem. So that's so much for giving up all your, your life. But it says, also all your possessions. So... Sometimes we're required to give up our life, and sometimes we're required only to give up all of our possessions. So this is, the Gemara Barachot says, is for all your money. So the halacha is that by mitzvat lotase, right, if you have the choice between either violating Shabbat or losing all your money, you're chayav to lose all your money. However, there's, this, there, there's a difference between mitzvat lotase and mitzvat ase. The mitzvah say when it comes to doing a mitzvah, you're not chayav to give more than a fifth of your property to do the mitzvah. So, for example, if you only have $50 in your bank account and you need to buy an etrog, and the etrog is going to cost you $20, you would not be chayav to buy an etrog that year at all. You're not supposed to give more than a fifth of your property to, to be mechem mitzvah say but mitzvah lotase, that's bechol me'odecha. Halacha is you have to give up all your money for, for a mitzvah lotase, and this has real-world implications. For example, if a person's house is going to burn down, unless he puts out the fire, he better go get a goy to put out the fire or figure out something to, to get the fire put out, but he himself cannot put out the fire on Shabbat. Even if his entire house burns down, there's a real mitzvah lotase here, and he wouldn't be allowed to um, put it out himself. If it was pikuach nefesh, obviously, then, then, then it would be different. Now, it says, now the Gemara Brachot points this out. It says that there are those who, it says, right? So if I would give up my whole, my whole life for Hashem, of course I'd give up my whole money, all of my possessions. says the Gemara, no, there are people whose money is more valuable to them than their life. And therefore, even to those people, Hashem instructs them to give up all of your possessions and all of your money for the love of Hashem. So what's interesting about that is that the Torah here doesn't, if that's true, the Torah here is not forbidding people's obsession with money. 
The Torah is not saying you were born loving money. I know people who were born absolutely loving money. It's mamash what drives them. It's their meaning in life. And the Torah knows that and it recognizes that there are people who have a drive for money and a love for money. But the Torah is not forbidding it and it's not reprimanding it. What the Torah is doing is asking us to channel it. It's asking us to, to recognize that if we have a passion for something, that we should channel that love towards Hashem. So how does one channel uh, his love for money towards Hashem? It could be by using his money to as an expression of love for Hashem, using it for mitzvot, or possibly giving it up. But the Torah, it's, it's an interesting thing here, that the Torah does not reprimand people for what their passions are. Okay, so there's another pshat in... I Sorry, I didn't take out a, uh, a chumash, I should have... But the, another way to learn the word me'odecha. Me'odecha could also mean b'chol midah shemodeh lecha. In any measurement that Hashem gives you. This is the Gemara Brachot. Rashi brings it in Chumash that you should love Hashem no matter what measure He measures for you in life. Whether He gives you a good lot in life, whether He gives you a bad lot in life. It's an instruction, as difficult as it might be, to recognize Hashem's love for you and love Hashem back, even if Hashem gives you a tough portion, so to speak. And it's a, it's a very... Um, difficult it's, a, it's the translation the Gemara gives again it's a very difficult ask but it's something that we have to keep in mind so there's another translation called Me'odecha and this is what most of the Sidurim will translate it as because the word Me'od is usually translated as very or extreme so most of the Sidurim will translate Me'odecha as with all of your might you shall love Hashem with all of your might so the word me'od implies beyond limitation, right? You're trying to stretch beyond limitation. So when we say me'odecha, it wouldn't necessarily mean might. It would mean stretch beyond your limitations. Hashem gives every single person his own skills, his own weaknesses. And every person has his own portion for which Hashem considers and, and expects him to perform at. Other different people are expected to perform at different levels of performance. And we are expected or called upon here to stretch beyond our personal limitations. Bechol Ma'odecha means to give it your all, give it 110%. Not to just give it 100%, give it 110%. You're not expected to become Moshe Rabbeinu, but you're expected to shoot high, shoot high. Don't just try to become the best uh, uh, you know, person you could be. Try to be the best person a notch higher than you could be, and maybe you'll become the best person you could be. It's an excellent strategy. Now... A problem arises with this. Um, a problem arises with this order here because the first thing, and I'm sorry, I put this a little out of order. The first thing that um, it commands us to do is to love Hashem with all your heart. Then it commands us with all your soul, and then if you think about it, it should be either or it should be in, in gradations of lowest to highest. Why is it that it comes after nafshecha? So in the Torah Menachem, he explains that Mesirut Nefesh, and he explains this al Chasidut, he says that Mesirut Nefesh, the, uh, the willingness of of a person to give up his life for Hashem, implies that one's feeling as if he's giving up his life for something other, Hashem, right? That I'm giving up my life for Hashem means me and Hashem are separate beings, and therefore I'm giving up my life for Hashem. B'chol Ma'odecha, he says, is actually a level above V'chol Ma'odecha implies that one is totally identified with Hashem. 
a person is on the level, he says, he's, I, th- I believe one of the, the Sfarim says that Meodecha is on the, 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 the nefesh level of Yechida, yeah. that a person feels completely, he's completely subsumed in Hashem, and he identifies, his soul feels so identified with Hashem as if it's just no different from Hashem, that he is naturally going to do his well, do Hashem's will, even self-sacrifice. So Bechol Meodecha means to go beyond your limitations, meaning beyond the limitations of your body and beyond the limitations of your soul, to not just transcend the limitations of your body, not just transcend your body and your soul, but to tr- not just transcend your body with your soul, but to transcend even the barriers and limitations you had of your soul to become totally unified with Hashem. So there's three levels, Levavacha, which would be the level of, of Gashmiut, then you have Bechol Nafshecha, which is the level of Neshama, and Bechol Meodecha, which is higher than your level of Neshama, it's the highest, it's, it's almost a purification of your Neshama, so it feels totally unified with Hashem. Now, I skipped out a part here. I'm sorry, I put it out of order. It was on my sheet out of order. I'm just going to mention it, that the Gemara says, First of all, the halacha is you have to separate the lamids, right, to make sure that you're saying it b'diuk. Second of all, the Gemara says that the two bases here, instead of b'choli becha, it says levavecha. One is for yetzer hatov, one is yetzer You should serve Hashem with both, with both of your of your of your inclinations. So how does one do that? So typically, one would find evil inside of him and either purify it, and that's one way of serving Hashem with uh, with the Yitzhara, that you find you find all you, all of your bad or impure or negative inclinations and you work on them. The other way is to to at least temporarily direct them. So if you're a person who's a kanai, you're a very uh, you know uh, angry person. You can use that against people who are bad people or people who don't do the will of Hashem. If you're quick to anger or if a person's very stingy, there's always ways that you could direct um, your bad midot to use them for Hashem's will if they're necessary. It's rare, but such a thing is possible. Now, Pinchas. yeah, like Pinchas. Pin, Pinchas, basically, uh, being a kanai, being someone who's quick to quick to to jump to action and quick quick to jump to action in anger, someone who has an elevated sense of self, someone with an elevated sense of self has a very low tolerance for frustration. Mm-hmm. But a kanai, a kanai, is someone who has an elevated sense of self, which is not self. It's an elevated sense of self, which is Hashem. Mm-hmm. So he feels inside of him very strongly a presence of Hashem, and therefore there's very low tolerance for frustration when he sees other people. Um, uh, misbehaving or mis uh, obeying the will of Hashem. That's re- that's basically rechanneling the uh, the elevated sense of self that a person would have, which would make him a kanai. Mm-hmm. Now, the next words. Okay, so let's let's just go through it a little. We said, um, let's just do the the words in the sidur. You shall love Hashem your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all that you possess, or with all your might. Some some translate. And let these words that I command you today be upon your heart. Right? So this is, a, as we said, as there holds the end of the Yichud, that a person should love Hashem with all he has. And from that, and how does one reach the Sa'ava? By teaching them clearly to your children. Right? These words of the Torah. And speak of them while you sit in your home. And while you travel on the road, and when you retire and when you rise, so is the mitzvah kriyat shema. And the Gemara says that the, the pasuk speaks um, metaphorically. It doesn't necessarily, not, it doesn't mean literally that when you're lying down or when you're sitting down, uh, when you're getting up, you ha- uh, or standing, you have to say kriyat shema. But it, it means at the time of getting up and the time of laying down, one has to say kriyat shema. 
Vishinantam and Vidibartabam. These are respectively the mitzvah of Limuda Torah Vidibartabam and the mitzvah of uh, teaching them to our children. So the Gemara also says Vishinantam um, means from the Lashon Shinun to make sharp. I think that's the language. Mm-hmm. It says that the words of Torah should be sharp, that if a person asks you something that you're learning, you shouldn't be megam game, you shouldn't stutter, you should know exactly where it is, what it is, and know the halacha right away. Another pshat the Gemara says is that it should, Why does it have two nuns? Instead of saying vishinitam, it says vishinantam to teach you that you should learn, you should split your learning into three. And that was the, the minhag of the yeshivot a long time ago that they would do, they would split their learning Mikra, Mishnah, Talmud. They'd always split their learning into three different portions. Uh, more recently, like a few hundred years ago, the Minhag of the Yeshivot was to split it between uh, Midrash, Gemara, and Halacha. That was how they did it. They would do Gemara in the morning, Midrash, I think then Halacha in the afternoon, and Midrash at night, if I remember correctly. Their Mechal speaks about it. Um, the last pasuk, and you should bind them as a sign upon your hand. That's the misvat tefillin shal yad. They shall be a tefillin between your eyes. Totafot means tefillin shal rosh. And you should write them on the doorposts of your home. Mezuzot is spelled with one vav. And we learn out of, of this that it's spelled with one vav that you only put it on one of your doorposts, not two of your doorposts. Bisharecha means even on the gates of your city in the event that the that, uh, that, that, the, that the municipality is Jewish, and some, some of these mitzvot are only for Viat uh, HaMashiach. But I just wanted to mention also that these are all, or Schwab points this out, that these are all halachot which surround a man. When a man wears tefillin and he has mezuzah, he's surrounded by all three or four sides with a mitzvah tzitzit, as we're going we're gonna to get to, to later. For, as far as women uh, go, women are... He says, receive this uh, gift of being able to be enveloped by mitzvah, by their mitzvah of uh, mikvah. By, by going to mikveh, they, they, are, they, get the same, uh, they get the same benefit of being enveloped by mitzvot. Totafot, uh, the word totafot means a tachshit, it means like, a, like an amulet, but it, the Gemara says that, it's cut, that it teaches you that it's four parshiot because tat in kaspi means two, and, and fat in, in, in uh, Afriki and African means two, so two plus two is four. And uh, in the Sefer HaKana, I've mentioned this before here, he says that it's really just an asmachta for what it's trying to say, but that's not the actual truth. It actually means it's an asmachta to, to try to help us remember that there's four, but the Sefer HaKana explains Kabbalistically how it tells us that there's four and what the significance of, of um, tefillin are. But that's the word the Torah chose to use, totafot, because it's a word which means an adornment, like an amulet, which is a, which is a tachshit, an adornment. Um, and I think that's it for this week. Bezat Hashem, next week we'll continue with Behayam Shamoa. Behayam Shamoa, the Gemara describes as a, as the section of Kriyat Shema, which is Bizmat Shalom Sim Ritzono Shalmakom, which is the, what will happen if you do and don't uh, follow Hashem's uh, commandments. So it's going to get a little bit more uh, serious in that regard. While Ve'ahavta would, uh, would implicitly be um, implicitly it would be Bizman Shehem Osimus on Shamakom.